welcoming you to the ninth edition of the British Soap Podcast. Like a fly drag queen onto Fat Boy's lap, let's jump this thing off <laughs> with my partner in crime, Lindsay. How you doing, baby boo? I'm doing pretty good. All right, baby girl. So this week, for the question, I actually did something a little bit different. I uh, was listening to Soap Smack Talk's recent podcast, which is called Ask SST, hashtag Ask SST. And what they did is they tweeted out to their listeners for uh, the listeners to uh, send them questions via Twitter while they were recording the show. And they answered those questions during the show. And I was like, ooh, I likes that. <laughs> but see, now, I know our the majority of our fans don't come to us from Twitter. They come to us from Tumblr. So what I decided to do was to steal that idea. And I was like, let me throw this to Tumblr and see how many people can, you know, well, holler at us and give us some questions. Now, I wasn't but one because my girl Crystal came through for us. <laughs> but for, for the upcoming show, I think I'm going to go ahead and ask listeners to go ahead and ask us some questions. That way we can get some love from the Tumblr crowd. Because I know Tumblr oh, yeah. people like to ask some stuff. I even opened up the Anons so Anons can come on through oh, with their foolishness. Yeah, really. <laughs> so y'all will y'all ask BSP in the future, y'all. We, we want to hear from y'all, so ask BSP. But anyway. Yeah, so. ask anything, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for answering any questions from yeah. y'all. So. So instead of me coming up with the question this time, this is an ask from our girl, Miss Crystal. She came through with our first ever Ask British Soap podcast question, and I'm going to throw that to you, okay? Okay. So here we go. She, she asked, Crystal asked, so between Gabby on Emmerdale, Wednesday Adams, and, oh. <laughs> and Amy on Coronation Street, who would win the battle of soap child evilness? Oh, Gabby from Emmerdale. <laughs> Baby, I second. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, whole, that whole scaring April into thinking that Pearl was a werewolf pretty much got, got that down for me, I think. <laughs> Amy from, um, I mean, Amy has her moment on, on Coronation Street, but she does it to be funny. Gabby does it just to freak little kids out, and therefore, <laughs> that's why I pick her as the worst of the two. <laughs> I hope that Pearl really is a werewolf, and how we find out about it is that when Gabby goes to sleep tomorrow night, she opens up her eyes and sees Pearl standing there, bearing her fangs just before she rips out the little girl's throat. And then the next storyline on Everdale can be, who killed Gabby? <laughs> and the only one that will know the truth will be little April. <laughs> Who will she wouldn't say anything because she's <laughs> Okay. But she would tame the sweet werewolf. She would tame this werewolf. And then they would end up becoming the best of friends. And then April could realize, oh, werewolves can be sweet too. 
Oh my goodness, yes. I'm I'm with you. It's it's Gabby, but I want her dead because she works my last last nerve. I can't with that left girl. I can't, baby. <laughs> Shucks, I can't. Oh, yeah, I agree, hands down. But oh, still, she's the better girl of two actresses, the little girl actresses, hands down. I guess. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, baby, we're talking about. Amy from Corey, and we have to talk about this because we just found out before uh, we started recording. Our girl, Anne Kirkbride, I hope I'm saying her name right, who played Deidre Barlow on Coronation. She passed away. Uh, oh, baby. I'm so sad. How you feeling, boo? Oh, that's going to be so gutting. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of curious what they're going to do now that, you know, She's dead. I saw in one of the articles on her passing that she survived a non-Hodgkin lymphoma a little while ago. I think it might have been a couple years ago. And um, I got to thinking, um, because uh, those of you who follow me on Twitter know that I have uh, Andy Whitfield as my banner for my Twitter profile. That's my mm-hmm. my love from Spartacus. Ah, oh, that guy's so damn, ah, I loved him so much. He <laughs> passed away too. Uh, and I was wondering, I was like, now I see Deidre had non-Hodgkin lymphoma. Is that what he had? I'm like, I'm pretty sure. Because he got diagnosed, had to stop Spartacus, got I treatment, see. was supposedly okay, but then got a recurrence. And then that's what took him. And baby, I'm looking right now on his Wikipedia page. He's had the same shit. So Andy Whitfield had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. That took him. If Ann Kirkbride also died of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and that took it. Oh, it's, oh, it's, 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 it is so sad. It is so sad. And some of y'all may know my day job is, you know, dealing with uh, cancer patients who are dealing with diagnosis. And I tell y'all, from those of us who work with this on a daily basis, if we could get rid of this, if we could snap our fingers and get rid of this disease, damn it, we'd all do it and be uh, out of work. Because, oh, it's, it's, uh, it's cancer so annoying and frustrating and challenging, you know, and uh, it's just uh, heartbreaking. I love Deidre, too. Deidre is the first face I saw when I started watching Coronation Street. I'm lying. It's actually the second because the actress playing her mother was the first face because my first episode of Coronation Street was the day of Deidre's mother's funeral, and I believe that episode of Coronation Street opened up on a picture of her mom and then it went to Deidre and I think maybe Ken talking about her passing and the upcoming funeral and from that moment I was hooked on Coronation Street and now it's like the lady that you know got me into Coronation Street I saw her little um, a couple years ago I think they did like a a, a retrospective of her career you know, I just, I have a lot of love for Deidre, you know, there's just something about her, you know, and the fact that she was with the show for so long, I felt like she was always a kick-ass actress, and I liked her little mannerisms, her, oh, kid, oh, Tracy, and her voice was just so damn cool, (laughs) you know, and, and, you know, she's always been my favorite, you know, of everybody that's living in that house, Ken included, like, Ken, when Kim was gone, I did not miss him at all. I'm sorry because we had Deidre. Like I felt like Deidre was the the heart and soul of that house, 
and now it's gone, you know, because the baby didn't pass it up. Uh, I just feel, I feel really sad about it. And then I kind of was annoyed too because I don't know if it was tabloid reports or whatever, but some mofos was reporting like yesterday, oh, she got fired or she got quit from the show. No, bitch, she died. What? Tabloid reporters. What? What you going to say now? Look here, tabloid journalist. Don't be printing that bullshit. Let the real goddamn story come out. You know what I'm saying? Just all this foolishness. And I was all excited because I'm like, ah, girl going to be back. She going to be back on the show. And then life intervenes. And ah, it's so frustrating, you know. But she, uh, I, I love her so much. I think she's she's amazing. And Corey is, uh, Corey is going to be sad. You know, a, a sadder place to be without her there. I trust that Corey will do her right. Corey's been good with some of the the stories that you know have hit the heart recently, so I trust they're gonna do do her right. But I think it's gonna be a sad time for, of course, a lot of Corey fans. Definitely that cast and it'll it'll kill Kang. Oh. It's just sad, you know. It's just really sad, you know. And I feel like in moments like these, you know, all all the people that are just like you know. Soap opera. It's just, it's just a soap opera. It's nothing significantly. I mean, you understand. This is a woman that devoted what four, decades of her life to entertaining us. You know, for decades. I mean, that's to, a connection. Yeah, to entertaining the people. You know what I'm saying? You can make a connection with somebody like that. It's not like you know your best friends or you're seeing somebody. You know, you know, like a brother, sister, best friend, anything like that. But there is a human connection that can be felt in quality storytelling. I feel like D.G. Barlow and the actress that played her, Ann Kirkbride, was one of the ladies who brought that, you know, forth. You know, her mm -hmm. being got into our hearts. And I think she'll stay with us, you know, for a long time. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, it's just a really, really sad it, time, it, baby. It's it, it, it gutting yeah. for not only the people who worked with her, but for the people who spent it, it depends on, you know, how long it's been around here or how long you've been getting it or whatever. But, like, for example, I've been watching for almost two years now, and she's been on most of what I've seen. Right. And you kind of get connected to the characters that you've seen a lot of. And you get devoted to these characters mm -hmm. that you just sit and watch, and it's just like... That person died? Yeah, baby. Ah, shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Alright, everyone, so we're going to go ahead and start things off on Coronation Street. Miss Lindsay, let's start with you. What did Coronation Street do to make you say, what the hell? That ridiculous break-in at Tracy's shop. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> Tony went and orchestrated a break-in at Tracy's shop so he could get a part of the business <laughs> after he figured out that somebody broke into his shop or into my shop and she couldn't get her insurance money and she couldn't <laughs> She wants to, or he wants to sleep with her, while she still has, or while he still has Liz on the side. It's just like the ultimate love tangle of absolute hell. <laughs> Two people that I hate, and Liz, that 
just completely oblivious to everything. <laughs> I, I, I can't with them. Todd was slightly tolerable. I can, I can give him that. But it's just like the entire storyline in itself just with the stupid mixer. What kind of... Uh, it's, it's just... Why would... Why would they go through the trouble of making mixers? Mixers of all things. The big-ass bulbs and the mixing thingies. Who cares about <laughs> mixers? It's worse than the freaking couch that they have to <laughs> But they were hot mixers, darling. They were hot. You aren't compelled by a story about stolen mixers. <laughs> I mean, what's wrong with you, girl? I'm more compelled by the coat. <laughs> I'll tell you the one part of that uh, Tracy getting robbed storyline that I did like. When that clown was all up in Tracy's face threatening him and old girl need him straight in the nuts I was like get it Tracy <laughs> cause I, I was, was there like, I was like even Tracy was worth my time at that moment when I mean, that yeah. me met that man bitch I was just like that was the that was the that was the best part of that I agree but it's just like why would Tony have <laughs> I was gonna be mad at Coronation Street if they didn't have Tracy fight back because didn't she like kill a dude or something yeah but she was in jail for a time I think exactly so I'm like yeah sister better be getting her gangsta on you don't just let some skinny whack ass thug come up in your shop and <laughs> try to get all up <laughs> in your face and he was a ridiculous looking dude he looked like one of those extra kids that they had back who were trying to you know get at uh uh really yeah, it was silly. It I'm was... gonna, I'm gonna kill you if you don't take those meat. <laughs> exactly. It was too much. I was like, uh, I had a feeling when he was going that crazy over mixers. I'm like, uh, this fool is working with Tony. He got to be. <laughs> sure enough, I'm like, I kind of okay, had a feeling the minute Tony walked in the, the minute that Tony walked into the shop at the first time when he walked in with the big box and said, hey, <laughs> I can help you. And I'm like, ah, he's working for Tony. Because you can tell just by the way both of them are reacting to each other that they are going to end up breaking Liz and him apart at some point. And she's just going to hit the fan. And I personally don't care because the only person I care for in that entire three-way bunch is Liz. And my second one yes. is... <laughs> I absolutely love Michael, but him just waving that little boy on a bike, just riding around for Callum to meet him, oh. is just... I felt uh, it, I felt that he could have done so much more to make it so that I I I actually liked coronation for the most part of the two week period, 
based on, you know, the wedding that happened and, you know, most of the David stuff that happened because I am a huge David fan as the world happens to now know. But Michael just, I'll, I'll keep an eye on you as I walk into the house, hear my phone ring and sit down on the couch and talk forever. It's just like, you don't do that. The kid is six years old, seven, well, maybe even less than that. You do not leave him riding his bicycle around without having someone to watch him. It's just not, you know, he should have known better than to just sit on the couch and just talk on the phone, even if it was, you know, the love couple of the show at the moment. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, let me say about yours, I was okay with it. I kind of felt like what Michael did is a mistake. I don't even know that it was a mistake. It's just something that I think, you know, as parents or as people that babysit kids, you've been there, you know. But you're probably better babysitter. Oh, yeah. You're probably better babysitter. <laughs> but it's it's easy for you to do. You know, he was waiting for his girl to come home. Uh, you know, took the call. He probably felt safe because you know it was just right there in the neighborhood. You know, and you don't expect uh, a child's uh, absentee father to pop up and hide him away from you know stepdaddy because he's a, just being an asshole that kind of shit doesn't happen every day so no, I, no, I could see doesn't. yeah I could see I could see Michael uh, and I, I could understand Michael doing that and thinking everything was cool and you know I just kind of felt bad for Michael because you know homeboy he Started off, you know, hustling, went to jail, came back, is in love with Gail. First, the kids are treating him like shit, David and Kylie. Now he's got this lying-ass motherfucker pretending to be his son. It's like, uh, the world is against Michael. And now he just left Max for two seconds, and then Max goes with yeah. this motherfucker he doesn't know because the stranger says David said it was cool. Uh, I was just like, okay, look, Corey, I don't know why you have it out for my boy Michael, but I'm going to need you to stop because I don't need nothing stressing his heart, and I do not need his premature mature death especially after we done got Deidre past the real life today I can't have it baby <laughs> I need Michael and yeah, Gail we, 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 we need our we need our old pairing since yes. our other old pairing is no longer existing <laughs> and it's not even old pairing it's we need our best love story on Corey pairing which is those two they're engaged and it's fantastic <laughs> you know what I'm saying it's just ah so beautiful I think that you and David, you know, probably reacted like, you know, a lot of parents would, would act, you know, if that's your child, you know, you're not always trying to be sympathetic in the moment, but I, I just felt bad for him. I'm like, I know, Michael, you just thought he was going to go I for can, a I second. Maybe no. I, I think a lot of parents, I think a lot of parents and people that babysit kids would have been right there with you. If Michael was another character, I probably would have been as hard, but I have a soft spot for my Michael. I'm like, okay, look, y'all need to stop yelling at my Michael now. Oh, I, I, I do too. I think Michael's a great character. I think yes. he's a great human being. I but think I they built him up really nice and everything, but... Not watching a six-year-old child, right, or however old he is, yeah. six, seven years old, that's riding a bike and not paying attention to where he is, it's yeah. just, 
not my. I kind of wanted to just. <laughs> but yeah, that's my second one, even though it may not be the best for, you know, everyone else, but it was kind of like more of a personal sort of thing rather than a. <laughs> like, you watch the child, man. You forgot to go sit on the couch and talk on the phone. You watch the child. Take the phone out with you. <laughs> well, I want to keep it on Michael and children for my bit, for my first what the hell when it comes to Coronation Street. Because I have an issue with a man who is pretending to be Michael's child. I could not believe when Gavin finally revealed the truth to Steph. And that fool had the nerve to open up his mouth to tell Steph after she asked him why the hell he kept up that damn ruse for all that time. He tells her he pretended to be Gavin for free pints, grub, and the and odd tenor. Okay. <laughs> to my American folks, that's some food, some beer, and $10 there now. $10. Okay. <laughs> you impersonate a man, worm your way into his family to uh, extort beer, <laughs> food, and ten dollars every now and then. I think. I think. What? I think it was more along the line that he wanted to to compare dad. That was the first thing he said that really bothered me. Was, was the ridiculous. fact that he said they were talking about how much their life sucked because of their dad. So he wanted to go in and <laughs> and see how bad. His dad really was. That was what got me. <laughs> and then he ended up liking him. And the way that you find out if somebody's dad is worse than yours is to take over their life. Baby, I am throwing all of the responsibility on Corey for this one. Corey has had mm -hmm. a long time to write an excellent, compelling story for this boy. But... Just like they doing with them damn Nazirs. They're just not no. goddamn doing it. This guy's been acting creepy as all get out. Homeboy has been giving y'all the epitome of Will Hackett craziness for months. And all Coronation Street could mine out of all that was him hiding below a bar because a girlfriend would have recognized, an ex-girlfriend of real Gavin's would have recognized that he is not the real Gavin. And he says his motivation is beer, food, and $10 every night. And money. Girl, bye. And, and not an even a significant amount of money, baby. If it was $20,000, $50,000, $100,000, I could I'd be more into it. But the, the odd, odd tenor? <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> I don't even know how that line got into the script, baby. <laughs> I'm 
like, are you kidding me? I'm like, did somebody in Corey's writing room say, no, really, we're, we're, we're going to have this guy doing all this shit because of the odd tenor? Really? <laughs> I mean, somebody had to have said that, right? <laughs> Baby, I was I, 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 I'm... I, I just, I just can't, I just want to know, and, and now, now she's saying she's pregnant. Oh, um, yeah, that was, that was silly. <laughs> I was like, okay, then. Now she's saying she's pregnant to make sure that, that, that Michael doesn't go all mad. And it's just like, oh, my God, this is going to blow up in your face it's so hard. Because it was too <laughs> difficult to say we're engaged, okay? Because it's not easier to get rid of a ring or an engagement than a baby. Baby. Oh, I lost a baby two months later. So they can't, they can't pull a Nicola on Hello. here and say, ha, 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 we lost a baby yes, and so look all sad. Because she didn't. Nicola, over on Emmerdale, pardon me, is still going through as much pain as she was two weeks ago when she lost it. They're not going to be able to pull something off like that unless they pull Sienna from Hollyoaks and get the baby butt. Get the baby bump. <laughs> and nobody wants to see that on Coronation Street. Let me go ahead and jump to my other what the hell, baby. And that was uh, Coronation Street making Michelle's love life Steve's responsibility like everybody is on Steve's ass like Steve you need to fight for the woman who did nothing but nag you and didn't believe you had cancer and took your silence when you were in your nice little car to mean that you were breaking up now you need to give her, her permission to go and fuck other men I'm just like especially Finn uh, I'm just like what? Stop. <laughs> and then, like I told you, baby, they've got the guy who plays Finn acting very Will Hackettish. Like, he's very he's uptight. He's very creepy. I don't like it. It's not working. It's already not working. You I, know? I, I, I feel, I feel, when, when you told me that he was finally on, I went through and I watched the scenes. And it's almost polite creepy. Right. Like that creepiness that you get when you're just like sitting there and you're like, oh, I picked 10 different shirts before I picked this one, creepy smile. And it doesn't uh, compare to who he played on either Hollyoaks or Emmerdale. He was cool and warm on both of those shows. Yeah, so I, I don't know why Coronation Street I'm has kinda, him I'm playing this. I'm kind of hoping they don't like have her, I, I hope they don't like have him being like the stalker or something because every care. time you see every time you see Michelle on screen now she's always on the phone with him or something and it just seems like he's kind of a little bit happy stalkery does that make gonna sense? Happen, baby? What, what's coronation she gonna do? They're gonna I throw know. him on a roof. Let me tell you, they're gonna throw him on a roof, and then they're gonna have Lloyd come back from Spain, where he's helping Jenna out of her prison ordeal, whatever. They're gonna have him drive the dude out of town, and then the story will be over. I mean, Coronation Street just needs to stop because the story ain't going nowhere, and it's ridiculous. <laughs> It's not even that. I kind of hope they don't have, while well, well, that's p 
probably what he's going to do. He's probably going to have a cabin go like, you know, Peter did. And various other people this or last year. He's, he's probably going to do something to Michelle that's probably not going to make Steve happy. And Steve's going to come out of his funk. And we're going to have happy Steve again. Let's go to jump to seeds of the week, baby. What was your seeds of the week for Corey? You know, my scene of the week is based just on pure funniness in itself. And it's absolute joy and happiness and awesome. Everything having to do with the wedding. (laughs) Agreed. I loved that freaking wedding from the minute, uh, from the minute her, fa- her best family walked in the, or blonde family walked in the door to making Kirk feel like he was less than thou to Kirk running out of his bachelor party with Superman tattoo, or with a Superman card on his head and being told that he was going to be fine to running to the costume shop to get an Adam Ant costume, which I was all for because Adam Ant is just Adam Ant. I just can't with Adam Ant. I love him. And <laughs> to the wedding itself and the party afterwards. And, oh, it was just fantastic. That entire damn episode, the, the whole two-hour thing was just the best thing humanly possible. The past couple weeks, just in itself. <laughs> and don't forget about Teresa McQueen's mama drooling over shirtless Jason. Oh my God! Everybody's drooling over shirtless. Jason. <laughs> yes, it was good, baby. I really liked it as well. Oh my goodness! Well, for me, that was my first. Uh, what the hell? I'm not sure. My first scene of the week. Uh, really, the only other one that I have was really quick. Uh, it was uh, Anna messing with Roy's spatula. <laughs> now, her son messed with Roy's butter knife and got that epic beat down. So when Roy noticed his spatula was missing, I was like, all right, Anna. Homeboy oh, gonna get that cricket bat for that ass. <laughs> I was, I was, I was waiting for him to go. You was using my spatula, get it back. But you know what? Anna apologized. <laughs> I'm like, uh-huh, you better apologize, heifer, because you don't apologize. He gonna be using that spatula on your ass. Don't fuck with Roy's butter knife. Don't fuck with Roy's spatula. Or if your ass gets beat down, it's what you get. Don't fuck with Roy's kitchen utensils, y'all. It will end in death. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> don't do it at all. <laughs> I'm telling you, I bet he gonna be the one that caused this whatever crash is supposed to be happening this week because somebody moved his fork. I'm telling y'all. Alright, so we're going to go ahead on and head on over to Chester and the ins and outs of what was going on on Hollyoaks. Miss Lindsay, break down what Hollyoaks did to make you say what the hell? They let Patrick out of jail. For, for reason. And then she breaks up with Dodger because it's all because of him that they're in this position in the first place. Stupid. Oh, I, 
I mean, sure. The, I mean, the first half of this couple weeks of Hollyoaks was actually really, really good. And a lot of it had me in tears. But the second week, including that bit that I just said, well, yeah. <laughs> Baby, it was completely stupid. That was one, one of my what the hells as well, you know. The thing about, first of all, I just called the, the what was happening that really annoyed me, Kidnapapalooza, okay? <laughs> because Sienna, who has previously kidnapped Tom and kidnapped her daddy, not and kidnapped Dodger, her daughter, and Dodger again? And then, as soon as Dodger's out, here comes Patrick kidnapping Maxine. Like the phones on East End, it was too much, too much, too much. Yeah, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't deal with that. Baby. And then you have to look at the dialogue, okay. So, I'm still mad at Hollyoaks for allowing John Paul to remain silent about the name of his rapist for months and for Hollyoaks to allow John Paul's only explanation about that to be he kept quiet because they, some undefined they, would think that he deserved being raped. So because John Paul thought they, who the fuck is they, nobody knows, uh, felt like he deserved to be raped, his students deserve to stay in school with a rapist for months. A rapist who, for every month he was in jail pretty much, attacked a new person. Okay. So I'm still mad at Hollyoaks for that. Then Hollyoaks decides to uh, have Maxine explain why her ridiculous ass agrees to go to France with Patrick. And agrees to remain silent in a bedroom when there is a cop in the next room. Okay? Just ridiculous. Just so ridiculous. So ridiculous. Because Patrick's arrest would have been a scene of the week, but Maxine had nothing to do with it. She was just mute the whole time. But anyway, so the dialogue is, Nancy says to Maxine, after Patrick's ass is in jail, why did you go with him in the first place? And I thought in my room, yes, yes, Max, I want to hear this. Yes, bitch, why? Why would you agree to go with him to France in the first place? And Hollyoaks has Maxine say, and I quote, Because he said if I didn't, I'd lose my daughter forever. And I just thought to myself, okay. So let's say somebody tells you to give, you need to give them all of your money, otherwise a hole is going to open up beneath your feet in five seconds, and that hole is going to shoot you straight to hell. Does that mean you would give up all of your money because the person said a hole is going to open up in five seconds and shoot me straight to hell if I don't give them all my money? Huh? I'm like, really? 
Maxine stayed mute in the room with a cop next door, in the next room, footsteps away. Because Patrick said if I didn't, I'd lose my daughter forever. Patrick, Maxine left Patrick to go to a center for battered women because she decided that Patrick was too toxic to be a father to her child. She know, has already reported to everybody, their mama, that he has attacked her, but she has left and gone to America twice to escape him because he's abusive, but Patrick said if I didn't listen to him, I'd lose my daughter forever. So I'm just going to believe him. Patrick also said, I'm a black girl named Shaniqua, so it must be true. <laughs> uh, I'm so over it, baby. We have gotten, has it been almost two years worth of Maxine and Patrick abuse? And it's been, it, well, well, they got together a year and a half ago. So a year and a half of Maxine so and coming, Patrick abuse. So, so, so coming up, Okay. And I think about April or May, it'll be about two okay. years now. So we are almost to two years worth of Maxine and Patrick's abuse. And the richest dialogue Hollyos can script to help us explain why this crazy girl keeps staying with this fool is because he said if I didn't, I'd lose my daughter. Even though it makes no logical sense, because see how Patrick's ass got out of jail because there was no evidence or whatever that he was hurting Maxine? It was him, it was her word versus Thank his. Thank you. So if Patrick had said, Maxine kidnapped my daughter, which wouldn't have made a sense to the cops given that the Maxine had the daughter in Hollyoaks with Patrick. Hollyoaks refuses to have that heifer use her brain. And it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. It's just as ridiculous as John Paul sitting his ass in jail for four months and not saying Fian's name. It's so stupid. So you know what? I'm glad Dodger's leaving because this means the Maxine and Patrick story will be over. Because see, when Dodger's gone, we don't have a need for Patrick Blake anymore because his son ain't done no more. Okay. Except, except for you know, Sienna, Sienna ain't gonna stay on that show. Like she ain't him. gonna stay on that show much longer because Dodger's the linchpin. She's still to sex Dodger. So yep. when our ancestral brothers go, she gone too. So I'm glad because how this has failed utterly with this this abuse story, and it's just ridiculous. It's what the hell? It's stupid, baby. I can't, mm-mm, can't with it. Not at all. Not at all. So I hear you, child. Is <laughs> what was your other what the hell, boo? Oh, um. I think this is more of a funny what the hell than it is a uh, actual, you know, what the hell, what the hell. But uh, Portia and uh, and Lockie's uh, fight for the job at the club. (laughs) (laughs) They they, they both monitor Grace said there was only one job, so whoever gets the most tips at the end of the night gets the gets the job. <laughs> so, of course, Portia, being Portia, gets her big-ass shoes off and starts dancing on the bar while, while uh, Lockie is doing all kinds of cool stuff with the bottles and stuff, and it's just like, you know what? Well, this could be, you know, a really, you know, interesting, <laughs> you know, episode in itself, and this is just kind of like filler that doesn't need to be there, but it's still funny, you know? <laughs> 
funny when Grace gave the job to old girl <laughs> when she got the lowest amount of tips. Because she's like, I need a woman up in here. Bye. <laughs> I know. It was fantastic. <laughs> it, it, it's not every time that I will come on this show and say that Grace made the first week of Hollyoaks worth my time. Agreed. Not only for the... Yeah, I'm saying it. I'm saying it right now. Made Hollyoaks worth my time, not only for some fantastic dialogue and good story, but because her hair was freaking fantastic. <laughs> I sat there just watching her hair move. I loved her hair. <laughs> I hate Grace, but, but the stuff that they had her and Trevor do for the first time and like, how many episodes has it been since I sat and bitched about Grace because she hasn't been on the show for, what, a month, month and a half? <laughs> it's just like, they brought her back doing this? I but, hate Grace as much as you, but I will give her that line when she told uh, Portia she had the job, I was good with it. I'm like, okay, Grace, that's my one second liking you all year. I'll go back to hating you after this episode. I will say this. I wish it was her, that Mr. Blue-haired dude, I don't know Trevor's kid's name. I really wish it was her that got pushed in that freezer. <laughs> Portia didn't deserve that. Grace could have died there. I wouldn't have given a f- damn at all. I, I didn't know either. I don't like that kid. The second he stepped on screen, I wanted to punch him in the face. He's all right. He just doesn't seem like he goes with that family. But it's not a real family, though. It's just odd. Let's jump to scenes of the week. What'd you have for your scene of the week? Anything with Will Savage. Agree. Anything. I love that man. I will watch the scene. Uh, watch the TV. Give him a hug and help him take down Dodger. And <laughs> I love him. <laughs> and that last scene with him and Sienna on the Friday episode was just like, oh. I was just gonna say I was just gonna say the exact same thing. You took the words directly out of my brain. I agree wholeheartedly. I can nuzzle in Will's beard all day, every day. I love it. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. I thought it was awesome. All right. Uh, for me, I'm going to jump to um, Nancy. Nancy snapping Robbie to reason. I don't think she got him all the way there, but I think that her influence definitely helped. Uh, Nancy, I mean, Robbie mm-hmm. was really on one when when Joe punched uh, <laughs> Rick and didn't kill him and got killed by the serial killer. And Robbie was all, oh, my daddy was the best man on earth. And how could Joe kill him? And Nancy, you must set Joe up for the murder of my daddy by lying to the cops because I didn't just go through this storyline with Finn where I didn't tell the truth about him raping John Paul for butts and I've already forgotten so I'm just gonna do the same damn thing and completely forget how disgusted I was with Finn for getting a man caught up in the same bullshit and Nancy eventually was just like boy this is dumb 
this is your brother you can't be doing him like this this is ridiculous stop it and then she went to the cops and she told the fucking truth and I was glad for it because mm -hmm. I just could not take another minute of them railroading Joe it was ridiculous and I'm, I'm glad it was done when it was done Hi. <laughs> about EastEnders. Let's start with those what the hells. What did EastEnders do to make you say, what the hell? Nick Cotton just needs to go the hell away. Yep. Everything that I have watched having to do with him made me want to reach through my television screen, grab him by the scuff in the neck, and throw him through a giant window and hope to God he gets hit by a car in the process. Because I hate him. Everything that he has to... Everything that has to do with him. It's... Oh, God. I don't want Charlie to be related to him. <laughs> I am in love with him. I have a massive, absolute love for Charlie Cotton. And he's related to that dickhead. I don't like it. <laughs> Everything having to do with Nick Cotton, including that last little bit where where Dot sitting there with a bag of stuff from a concession shop and says, "I got you this and this and this," and you're wondering what the hell is she doing, and then you see him, and I'm like, "Oh no!" no. There was no wondering what the hell we were doing. We all knew exactly what she was doing. And uh, let me segue in here and talk about my scene of the week because it's just like it's been the past couple shows girl it's been perfect and then something happened to fuck it all up I was over Charlie being an idiot with regards to his dad and not believing that his dad was the one that uh, cut those brakes until his mom you know pr pretty much broke it down to him like he told me I know he did it stop being a dumbass I thought EastEnders was about to have him kick his mom out of the house, but then turn into Dot and still support his dad. Because there was just too much time that passed between when Charlie said, get out of the house, mama, and Nick was just standing there smiling. I'm like, are Dot and this fool really going to sit up here and support uh, Nick's ass? But then Dot. She started talking about all the times I done gave, all the chances I done gave to you. And Nick's all, just give me one more chance, ma. <laughs> she's just like, yeah, how many more chances can I give you? And she's like, get your shit and get out. I was praising Jesus. Hallelujah. Dot the wise up. That was my scene of the week because I didn't think she'd do it. I didn't think she'd be done with that motherfucker. I was so glad she was. She got him out the damn house, and I was happy for like a day. And then I saw the next episode, and that heifer is still helping his dumb ass, probably in feels cracked then or whatever. I'm just like Dot by. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of saw this thing on Digital Spy saying that Dot. <laughs> I would I would not be I would not be against it, but I don't see Dot 
doing something. I just don't care. This <laughs> supposedly nasty Nick, he's like a cartoon villain. He does nothing significant. I don't care. I'm going to tell you what I hope. I just hope if Nick does get killed, we don't have to sit our asses through a year's worth of who killed Nick. Half. Girl, bye. I'm not. Uh, I'm going to have to fast forward past all the next scenes and go directly to Kim and Denise because I, I ain't got time for it. So, yes, Dot Wising Up was my scene of the week, but then she slipped up, and so then it was right back to what the hell. Jesus. What was your other what the hell, boo? I love Shirley. I think Shirley's one of the best written characters in soap, but bringing that rapist into the yes, house, ma'am. knowing how uncomfortable everybody feels about it is uncalled for and completely unneeded. So when Mick and Linda walked back into the pub on that Friday episode and said the party was over and saw everybody who was sitting there, it was just like, oh, this is gonna go down. <laughs> And I'm sorry, but, yeah. this is going to be a spoiler, but the party was over because Shirley's back straight down and her and Dean got their asses right out the fucking pub. And I was like, good, that's right, because they all need to be in a damn pub. That's exactly what went down on Monday's episode. They was already out the pub, and Dean asked Shirley, why did you back down? And I thought, she, yeah, she needed to back down because that was some bullshit, and we didn't need to see it. So this is, a, this is one of the rare times where a what-the-hell moment goes into a scene of the week. Turns into a scene of the week moment. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So I was glad for it because, yeah, baby, I'm with you on that one. I was just like, Shirley, have you lost your fucking mind? She is just going from insanity to deeper insanity, and it was just ridiculous. So Nick and Linda could not have come back at a better time. I was so happy for it. I'm going to need to throw my what the hell, though, directly at the bank account of Cat Goddamn Moon Slater, whatever the fuck she wants to call herself these days. I don't care if a serial killer has murdered 17 generations of your family. When somebody cuts your broke ash a check for 19000 pounds slash dollars you put that shit in the motherfucking bank okay you are a mother you, don't rip it out. you are a mother raising two children by yourself with no money and you gonna tear up a nineteen thousand dollar check because your pride and you worried about somebody diddling you back in the day girl you better diddle that check on to the bank what the hell happened Okay, $19,000 don't just come every goddamn day, and now you're still broken mm-hmm. out there struggling with no fucking money. It's stupid. So, yeah, that right there, girl, I was like, cat, bye, cat. <laughs> what you thought of that foolishness? Considering what she went through and everything, I can understand why she didn't want to take it, but that's a lot of freaking money. <laughs> <laughs> And I would have taken I I would have taken it even if he was a child molester. But I do understand her reasoning for not taking it because she doesn't want her kids to know. Oh, guess what? The only reason you guys are living in this nice house right now is because the chapter. A child molester gave me money when he died. 
but baby, please think about oh, this. Yeah. Cat think, ain't gonna I'm have just... kids to tell that shit too if they die of starvation. Okay, so I mean, she she has made up her in her mind this thing that her kids are gonna care that some of the money that came from her life came from this man that sexually abused her. They are babies. They don't fucking know. They are never going to know. They never need to know. And if she doesn't have the food to feed them, they will die. So what you gonna do? So you're gonna be at your baby yeah. graves, or you're gonna be looking at some booties you have in your babies because you don't have them no more because you couldn't feed them. Talking about, oh, I, yeah, I couldn't take this money to feed you because... Da, 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 da. And think about it like this, baby. All money's got some blood on it, okay? Look at America. America got its mm -hmm. wealth on the backs of black people from Africa coming over here and working for free while other people got rich. That money is still in the system. We getting paid by that money today. So if you want to break it down like that, all money is dirty at some level. So what's that mean? You just going to stop using yeah. money altogether? Cat was stupid for that, but I'm sorry. <laughs> she was a dumb, dumb heifer on that one, okay? When you ain't got enough money to put groceries in your uh, refrigerator heifer, you better get that money where you can get it and <laughs> buy them groceries. Go <laughs> about your business. <laughs> Shit. Agreed. I mean, it would it would have likely lasted her what? That rent there is probably not the... Uh motor is probably pretty expensive Baby, depending on where they're at. When your bank so account is zero, $19,000 goes a long way, okay? <laughs> Let's go to seeds of the week. <laughs> what you had for your seed of the week? <laughs> it's ladies night, man. It's all about ladies night. <laughs> Everything having to do with ladies night made me smile. They had Denise and they had Denise and her sister fighting over who gets to go out and who gets to watch Patrick, even though the pub is literally right across the street. And if he needed them, he would call them and say, hey, I need your help. Somebody please come and help me. You have Dean getting behind the bar. You have Nancy freaking out because Dean's there. You have... Yeah. Ah, it's just a, you have the drag queen singer of joy. You have everything. The only downside was that start with Sonia and, <laughs> and her singing that song at the beginning that I can't remember what song it was. Uh, <laughs> yes. But yeah, I, I love the ladies night. You had the drag queen pretty much giving fat boy the best lap dance of his life. It was it was fantastic. I loved that entire thing up until Mick and Linda said, "Get pretty much said, get the hell out of my bar." I was all for that night. Dude, that was still <laughs> fantastic. Them getting out of the uh, the bar. But what had me confused though was a couple of things other than uh, our girl who needs to be sex and Tina sex and fat boy. <laughs> uh, I didn't understand how. What made Ladies Night like the lick, the best thing in the world, was the drag queen coming in. Like I was expecting some strippers or something. I don't think. Yeah, I was. I was expecting some sort of like big musical act. Yeah. Not I, like I, a drag queen singing karaoke. Yeah, song. I don't know too many ladies that are gonna be impressed by Ladies Night that just has a 
drag queen. That's a gay man thing. We like that shit. <laughs> but for a ladies' night, ladies' nights have sexy male strippers. And uh, EastEnders has a gay man running that show. So we needed about 30, 40 strippers to be up in that motherfucker. <laughs> Making Shabnam uncomfortable. Point. Yes. And speaking of Shabnam, my other scene of the week was just the friendship between Shabnam and Stacy. I'm still loving it. I think the girl who played Shabnam is ex who played Shabnam is excellent. She was an excellent hire from the moment she started, and she maintains being an excellent hire today. I like how we see I was, sh uh, shreds of her uh, uh, reveals uh, about her Muslim faith through the different interactions she had from back when she started, when her and her dad was going at it over him taking a sip of beer. Ooh, that shit was powerful. And uh, with her and Stacy, you know, I like how when the fire happened and Stacy ended up moving in with them, that uh, they became friends, bonding over chocolate, and now Stacy's cutting her hair mm -hmm. and asking about her covering up now when she didn't cover back in the day, and is trying to push her over yep. to Mr. Sexy X6 when she knows that Shabnam <laughs> wants Sexy X's, and Shabnam trying to front like she don't, and I don't know what the hell is going on with that newspaper clipping or whatever, but I need to know because she don't need to be talking to my sexy the exes like that over some damn newspaper when he ain't even looking her goddamn purse. <laughs> but I, I love what EastEnders is doing with Shabnam and Stacy. Alright, and we are going to wrap things up by heading on over to Emmerdale. Let's start with uh, let's actually start with the scenes of the week on this one. So, Miss Lindsay, tell me, what was your scenes of the week from Emmerdale? Here's a, here's a shocker for y'all, and I mean it. I loved Charity this past couple weeks. Agreed. With Kane and everything having to do with his aneurysm. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I thought her freaking out was great. I thought her reacting more than Moira was amazing, even though Moira, in the end, after figuring out that he wouldn't sign the papers, was pretty good, too. I was just like, oh, my God, he even saw Debbie crying, and it was just like, oh, my God, this stuff is just so amazing. I forgot about the... I forgot about the three years ago stuff, and it was just like, oh my god, this is just so good. You see her freaking out, you see Kane freaking out, and everything. That I was just like, oh my god, my Kane's gonna die. Him and his gorgeous eyeballs of awesome green are just gonna die, and I won't watch him anymore. And then he finally got the surgery, and all was well, and I was just like, yeah. <laughs> But everything having to do with Charity figuring out about his brain aneurysm and everything was just fantastic scenes all around. And how everybody thought they were sleeping together again. And it was just like, this is great. <laughs> yeah. And I thought Emmerdale, um, Emmerdale made a good point by saying how, I think they had Zach say that they felt like... Uh, he felt like she was redeemed for everything that she had done. I thought so, too. At that moment, I was like, uh-huh. You know, Emmerdale had her as a mean, annoying heifer for a year. And then in what, like three months? Has it even been three months? They've got Charity. It hasn't even been that you long. You know, they've, they've already got Charity 
right on the appropriate path to redemption. And see, soaps can do these things if you just think through how to do it. So yeah, I think they've been, she's been perfect in, it, in her relationship with Cain and forcing his ass to go to the doctor, doing whatever she needed to do to figure out why he was being an asshole, snatching that phone, locking herself in the car, listening to voice message. That's what you do when you love somebody. I was feeling that. So I'm liking Cain. I'm liking Charity uh, for that. So Crystal, be happy. You have the both of be us. Happy we love <laughs> the both of us showing love to Charity for your ass. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Queen Charity this past couple That's weeks. Right. I, I I don't care for normally, but the past couple weeks have been incredibly worth it and I can't wait to see your child stuff next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what's your other one, I actually I had uh the uh fight in the bar between Emma and and uh uh ah, shit. James. Oh, that was good. That was fantastic. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I just, I just couldn't. I was just like sitting there, and I was watching, and I'm like, oh, something's gonna happen here. And then she walks in, and she slaps him across the face so hard that his face moved from one side to the other. I was just like, oh gonna happen and it ain't gonna be great and then they ended up talking everything out i'm like you're talking everything out he also went to the farm which brought it back up yeah he brought it back up yes so it was a fluctuating scene of the week it went up with the womp to the face and then kind of went down to the one they were just talking and laughing shit out and then she went to that farmhouse and had her thing with Moira, and I was just like, "This is this is good." <laughs> yeah, Miss Emma ain't playing. What did I call her? I called her uh, Emma Shirley Car- Carter Barton because Emma and Shirley both try to kill their kids, baby. I said, "That's right, Emma. You're gonna be my Shirley Carter or Emma Dale." I said, "You get it, heifer." I said, "Ross was probably being a little asshole anyway." So <laughs> that's what he did. Yes. And I'm gonna tell you right now. <laughs> Emmerdale better not be trying to say that because Emma tried to kill Ross, that means that all the bullshit he done done is Emma's fault because Shirley on EastEnders tried to kill Mick and Mick is nobody's asshole. So your mama trying to kill you before you have a memory, that does not excuse all the bullshit you didn't do. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. And that goes Indeed. to you too, Brendan Brady, just because your daddy diddled you. That don't mean you forgiven for all the foolishness you done did. That's why your ass in jail now. Okay, that's off topic. <laughs> right. Yep. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, uh, I am actually going to do what the hell's an enclosed scene of the week because it goes into my fucking best. So, uh, what the hell's that I had? Uh, uh, oh, I just said one. <laughs> the first what the hell was that thing I just said about uh, your mama being mean to you 20 years ago and it excuse for your bad behavior currently. I had that written down as a what the hell. But the main one was uh, yep. uh, Katie. Katie deciding that she was going to make her mates homeless 
so that her and and uh, Andy could afford the farm they could have had for free if they worked to help Lawrence like he asked them to do months ago. You know, I'm just like, and Katie doesn't give a fuck. She's just like, well, they my mate, so they should be able to be happy for me. When you're making them homeless, I'm like, I'm just, I'm so happy Katie is leaving because, see, I don't have to waste time thinking about her mindset or what she's doing or why she's doing it because she's out the door. So I don't care about her. I'm like, I'm, the farm ain't going to probably happen. Them girls going to find somewhere to live. But I'm over Katie right now. I'm just like, ooh. They're, they're, they're probably, they're probably going to stay there and pay for it themselves if Katie's leaving because they ain't wanting to leave that yes, place. Yes, and it's just shady. Purposely, they purposely stayed there while the estate agent walked yes. in with that family. And I wasn't mad at that. I thought that was great. The floor. That was great. But just <laughs> Katie's whole nonchalant attitude about making her friends homeless. I mean, and they were just like, we don't have anywhere to go. And Katie was like, so I, I got the things to pay for. And I'm like, what kind of friend is that? I have always hated Katie. I have always disliked her from the first time that I met her. But this, I mean, this just brought it right back. I'm like, oh, you a trash, Katie. Goodbye. Glad you're leaving. The other thing, one of my what the hells also involved Katie, to be honest. And that was insinuating that Alicia and Robert were sleeping together. Jesus. I was just like, really? Are you just going to sit there and, like, stalk them or something to make sure that they're not sleeping together or something? Because this, this woman needs to be strangled by somebody or something. That's how she should sleep. She should get into a crash or something and die and or something because... I can't take her crap anymore. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to say, no, she was wise enough to figure out that the people that they knew in the village with names that start with A was Alicia, but didn't and think Aaron. Aaron. Of Aaron, who was seriously just sitting right next to Chad. Whose phone, whose phone Robert dials. <laughs> And this heifer still ain't put two and two together. I'm just like, girl. This Aaron Robert thing needs to end pronto. The only thing I'm guilty of is homophobia. I'm like, you are doing the most right now, Robert. You are doing the absolute fucking most. Get the fuck out of here. My final scene of the week also features my fucking best character, of the weeks and that is that cute little gay extra who knocks Ross the fuck out for sitting on his scarf all day every day baby it was fantastic cause Ross was too up his motherfucking self I know you want this yeah I can see because of your face but look at here I'm in the girls and then old dude was like I ain't talking to your ass no more and he reaches down to pick up his scarf and Ross is all don't be touching my ass. You need to mess with somebody who's interested in you. And homeboy reached back and he clocked a shit out of Ross's ass and threw him straight across the roof to the floor. I was like, yes, God, baby. And he's like, uh, 
you were sitting on my scarf. And he put his scarf on and threw it around his neck and strutted his cute ass right on out the door. I said, that's right, goddammit, because I'm tired of these straight ass men thinking every goddamn gay man wants they ass. We don't all want y'all bitches. Sometimes you sitting on our motherfucking scarf and you need to shut the fuck up and get out the way so we can get our goddamn scarf or we gonna clock your ass and get to stepping. So for that, Gay Extra, the fucking best character of the month. <laughs> and that was my scene of the week for Emmerdale. Loved it, loved it, loved it. <laughs> Shit. And who was your fucking best character, boo? <laughs> It was mine too. <laughs> For real. <laughs> oh, I love your ass, girl. <laughs> I, I'm not even kidding. I love it. It's just Matt Ross's face. I was just like, you are a perfect specimen of a gay man. Yes, I God. love your face. <laughs> I love your reaction. I love everything having to do with you. You are my character. I don't care. If you have a name or not, you will just be gay extra number Hello. one for all I care. Because you'll only be in one episode, I'm betting, unless Ross meets him again, which I doubt. You know what? <laughs> they need to pair his ass with Finn. That's what the hell they need to do. Because you know how, because what did Ross start off as? Ross started off as carjacking number one. They wouldn't have given him lines if he was an actor. Right? Yeah, I was gonna say they wouldn't have given him lines or anything if he was just a regular actor. You know what I'm saying? So there you go. So Emmerdale, I've been mad at y'all because y'all ain't gave Finn a love interest. Put Finn with the motherfucker that clocked his damn brother and had him laid up across the floor. Perfect. That will that will work for me. I will forgive all the Rob Ron bullshit if you get gay extra Ooh, number one I and won't. Finn. <laughs> Lindsay won't. <laughs> but if you give me gay extra number one and Finn, I love you. That'll work. <laughs> all is forgiven. <laughs> poor man name. If if we get a name for the guy, I am all for it. <laughs> All right. I'm sure Finn would not want to go naming a guy. Hello, gay extra number one. Let's go have sex. We can just call him Guy. <laughs> Hello, Guy. <laughs> he could oh, be yeah, that G U Y. <laughs> there it is. And with that, if you watch American and British soaps, check out our sister podcast, Soap Smack Talk, starring AJ and Mathra. They're on the iTunes store and you can find them by searching a soup smack talk um and tell the good people where to find you online miss lindsay well i'm on twitter and tumblr both at lindsay amanda l-y-n-d-s-i amanda yeah you can find this negro spelled n-e-g-r-q at n-e-g-r-q dot tumblr dot com and at brother soup on Twitter with the name N-E-G-R-Q. That's my new thing. I like it. Negro with a Q because black man, gay, Negro. So, okay. <laughs> if you uh, like to subscribe to us on iTunes, search the British Soap Podcast or click on the subscribe link at UK Soap Podcast on the Twitters and you can find us on Tumblr at BritishSoapPodcast.tumblr.com I got a new phone, a Windows phone, so I'm learning about all that app shit that you Android and iPhone people do. If you have a podcast reader, I'm learning, you can type in the name of our podcast and we come up and you can subscribe to us there and listen to us and stream us on your phone. So y'all do that too if you'd like to do that. And you can also type in full 
uh, RSS feeds and subscribe that way. So y'all technical people can do all that shit and subscribe to our show and give us love. Yes. And so again, I think I will post a um, Ask British Soap podcast link in the Tumblr entry for the show. So if you guys have questions you would like us to cover on our next show, which will actually be next week on Friday. We're doing a brand new episode next week Friday instead of another later. <laughs> We're doing a brand new episode next week. So if you have some questions that you would like to run by us, take part in the show. Get some questions and we will give you some love. Even some of y'all are nines. Now, nines, I'm tell you now. If you come with me with some bullshit or nines, we ain't talking about that shit on the show. But if you have genuine <laughs> questions, we will talk about it on the show. I ain't got time for bullshit or nines, oh, baby. Okay, I'm grown. I ain't got time for bullshit or nines. <laughs> All right, everybody. So, uh, we'll be back with a new episode next week, Friday, y'all. So, until then, thank you all for listening. And until next time, I ain't a Yeti, am I? Bye. <laughs> Bye, everyone.